Hello, it is Sanderson here and welcome to the Life on This podcast, which we call a no bullshit discussion about reimagining religion and remixing spirituality. It's about looking to ancient practices which people have done for ages and saying, well, uh, why can't we go and adapt that and make it work for people who uh, might not be religious? I'm not religious, but I still love singing together. I still love building community. And so that is what Lifefulness is about. And this is the fifth part of our Lifefulness miniseries, uh, which is going into the six pillars of Lifefulness and serving others is this one. So uh, yeah, uh, thanks so much for listening. As ever, the Lifefulness community is uh, online. It is one of the main reasons that we do this. And go and check it out in the show notes. We've got the small groups. We've got uh, the Lifefulness 101 course. And uh, yeah, that is our way of serving. Nice bit of cheese balling at the end. Anyway, uh, on to uh, episode five. on the six pillars of lifefulness. This one, we recorded this one and then it got destroyed by I don't know what. So it's me again, Sanderson. And me, James. Uh, and uh, yeah, the fourth pillar four, four, uh, of lifefulness is serving others. And uh, yeah, so what does serving others mean to you, James? The first thing that comes to mind when I think of serving others is my work as clergy for my congregation, the Ethical Society of St. Louis, because every week we start our service and I have to introduce myself and I say, I'm James Croft. I'm the leader of the Ethical Society of St. Louis. I've been serving this community for the past six years. And I chose to say that, I changed the script to say that because I wanted to think of my work as being of service to the community. Mm. And that's how I try. It's kind of like an attitude I try and take towards it of I'm doing what I can to benefit the people who are what I like to think of as my members. I talk about them as my members. <laughs> but I mean, hopefully in that protective serving way, you're not uh, in, an owning, yeah. in an owning culty way. No, I try to keep it not being an only uh, like an owning culty way i do become a little bit protective sometimes of them but i do i feel like when you have a vocation like ours of kind of building community we get a lot out of it but i get a lot out of them getting a lot out of it you know like mm -hmm. if, if i do a program where the other people really enjoy it or they find it emotionally moving that fills me up so much and i think that's a real core of serving others is that it actually is that reciprocal benefit right you mm. help someone else and it really fills you up i don't know if you were ever involved in those conversations as a teenager or even you can still get them nowadays when someone goes oh yeah and then you do something nice and then uh, and then when I, basically when everyone says everything you do is selfish, you go, you do that, but you do that because you feel good about it, right? And uh, yeah. yeah, you're only you only watch it because you feel good about it, and it is very hard to get out of. And also, yeah, one of the uh, not even dirty secrets, one of the lovely clean secrets of serving others is that obviously it does really benefit the person who's doing it. It feels great to do it. Yeah. When making my transition from. Uh, comedian to self-appointed vicar of nothing uh still trying to work out my exact <laughs> job title uh and 
was because it was doing using the skills that I loved, which I used in stand up. And also I would like when I was doing stand up, I had with my show where I sold all the tickets by hand. One that shows a sort of connecting side that I've got. But then I'd also have community meetups of before my comedy shows. So it was I, don't, I think this was destined to happen. And the but it was this idea that I was using the skills that I love to use, but actually in service of other people in a way which that we're not saying that artists aren't in service that are obviously has a benefit, but in a way which is more direct and the uh, I like how you clarified that not having those rampaging bands of comedians going after you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to go, well, actually, in the uh, Jewish tradition, making someone laugh is a mitzvah. Uh, I heard that on a Mark Maron podcast. So I don't know. Could be true. Must be true. Oh, actually, I also went and looked it up. Where else? I went and did a bit of a Google and I found it in a newsletter of uncertain prominence saying that, and God said, making people laugh is a mitzvah, which is a good deed uh, in the Jewish uh, faith. And so, uh, yeah, and what was really interesting is when we were preparing for this and we were talking uh, about service, obviously, and by the way, serving others is the translation for ministry. And so that is when everyone who is part of a congregation, everyone who is part of a spiritual community, finds some way that they can use one of their gifts in service of the community. And so, you know, it doesn't take much to turn that to serving others. And obviously that means that if you are part of a community, if you're part of an office, then you should be uh, looking to find ways that you can be of service. Uh, but then also in your everyday life, you can actually also have it just as a mindset. There's a talk that I uh, have wanted to give, but never have on be the world's waiter, uh, you know, be the of like actually having that service mindset uh, in everyday life. And that's what you said before we start, that it is serving others is an orientation in life. Yes. It's not just something that people who are part of congregational communities can do. It's that, that sense, as you said, of finding what is it can you give to the world? What is it can you give to the people around you? Because we're all connected to other people and everybody has needs. I remember when I was in school and I was a very sad, as in not cool, child. I was a very happy child, but a, a very nerdy one. And James, while, there is no need to tell me that. There, uh, right. No, none of our <laughs> listeners are surprised by this. <laughs> <laughs> vulnerable re revelation about my past but i would wear a little badge that i made on the first days of school saying how can i help i made a little badge it said oh, how can God. i help and i wore it on the first days of school so that the new kids who were terrified of coming into this little boys school you know and i i would help them get to class i remember one kid he was crying because he couldn't find his class and i helped him get to class and i was late to my class i didn't give a shit about that so i i'm to take that mindset for, for a long time and it makes you feel better about yourself because you feel like you're part of something bigger than you you can be you have something of value that other people need that makes you feel good yeah and so that's the thing if they obviously you know if they're if you're part of a community that's one of the huge benefits of it that's uh, certainly at sunday assembly people were just they were just delighted that there was an opportunity to give back i uh, anyone who's listened to this will know that i've uh I had got ADHD and so I had it undiagnosed at university and I used to find it just really hard to volunteer. I'd be like, I really want to do that. But I, the first time that I tried to get involved, I, 
what a time I, I just went and knocked on the door of a nursery and asked if i could volunteer which is like you know do prob- that nowadays so well you, you should tell you what it didn't work then either and then <laughs> I, and then i was told i had to go and get some forms and then i had to go and submit them and i was like oh that is is done it's done uh, but yeah that but what congregational communities do is they make it easy to go and find a way to give back and i think i think one of the one of the ways they do that is that they go and sort of redefine how what giving back looks like in that you can organize something which is you know like if you organize a book club in your local congregation you are serving them you know you are serving to go and bring people together if you go and prepare the tea i think and in in these mini series we like to go into the spiritual roots of these ideas of service but i think one of the really most powerful metaphors for the church is the church as the body and that there's some people who are the eyes there's some people who are the toenails there's some whatever you can keep on it there's lots of body parts there's lots of different people but you would also know that if you are setting out the flowers, if you're setting the chairs, even if you're just there, you are also being of service. And and so I guess that is, you know, how if you've gone and got that mindset in everyday life, then you'll find lots of different ways to that you can give back. And maybe it's also about noticing that that's what you're doing as well. I think that's so important because one of the many people think of service as like, volunteering for a charity or you know giving your time to some formal institution and that's a great thing to do and people should totally do that it will make you happier it will make you feel better about yourself and about the society in which you live there's a lot of science about it if you want to go and look it up but i think we've institutionalized a lot of serving occupations to such an extent that people think they're only serving mm. other people if they're doing it in a sort of formal way but what's nice about congregational or community life is that exactly you recognize that if you're the person who makes the tea after the meeting then that's actually an act of service or if you're the person who greets people at the door and makes them feel welcome that's an act of service and it's important and i try and that's something for leaders in all sorts of institutions including businesses and nonprofits, to remember thank your people for the acts of service they're doing that they may not recognize as acts of service make them aware of the services they're giving second that so much i'll tell you the truth i was a little bit distracted for a moment because I thought I licked my, I, I went and up my dose of ADHD meds uh, today, just as a bit of an experiment. Uh-oh. And I suddenly, Uh-oh. I suddenly thought that I was sort of gurning, which is something which will sort of happens on a big night out. Uh, if you have gone and sort of chemically enhanced yourself. So for a moment, I got like a little bit like, oh my God, am I, is my jaw going wild? What's happening? But <laughs> tell you the truth, I'm fine. Uh, yeah. And it's like really sort of drawing attention to that so that people can go and recognize what they're doing. And obviously so many of the metaphors which are in uh, religions are like, you know, there's Christ as the shepherd. There's, you know, that thing that you were speaking to, like everyone, like you're there to, you're the leader, but you're serving. And, you know, it's right sort of baked into it. in uh, by the way i just looked over my notes and i saw that i've written down laughter is a mitzvah so i did go and find it somewhere there so there that is on you the record even though you knew it but you did <laughs> but admittedly this is because i went well because we lost this episode the notes of you know they're looking like looking at someone else's notes oh what's that about 
Yeah, and so there is that. There's so many different ways of uh, looking at leadership, particularly in religious contexts, which is all about service. And then that's actually translated into business with this idea of servant leadership. And so it really like this, you know, that thing which you pointed out at the start is like so like it is an orientation that you can bring to anything. Uh, you know, you can go and be the world's waiter uh slash waitress slash uh, i don't know is waiter one of those things where if you call someone a waitress is it like calling someone an actress that like you're actually wait staff now is that is that or serving staff isn't that the thing to say i don't because that might also be an americanism so i have to be aware of my americanisms yeah anyway this is probably not the most important part of uh the podcast and you could just say server which is a very appropriate term for this podcast look here be the world server uh and if there's any people in the computer sort of frame of mind there, I don't oh, yeah. exactly know what that would mean. I don't know what that would mean from a sort of memory, sort of load balancing point of view, sort of be like, have lots and lots of you uh, next to a dam somewhere in Nebraska where you get sort of cheap energy. And that's not what we mean by being at the world server. This is even obscure for me, the huge computer nerd. I'm like, what, what are you talking about dam in Nebraska? Yeah, I mean, I actually, because you have servers near cheap electricity, often near dams, and because I'm unfamiliar with American geography, as I said, Nebraska, (laughs) I then realized it's pretty flat, not many dams. So uh, once again, the server analogies are not what we've number one thing that we've come for here. And uh, but it is like going and looking at this idea of uh service and james you did a ton of research on the benefits of congregations and i think a huge part of that comes from being of service to other people and so like what were some of the benefits that people go and see from it there are so many one of the cool things about congregations as institutions is that they serve as sort of hubs for all sorts of civic activity including volunteership in all sorts of different areas of life and all those sort of incidental forms of service that you don't necessarily consider a service that we've been talking about like greeting and and making food for people and being there when people are sick and stuff like that which are acts of service even if they're not through an institution but scientists who've studied service find amazing correlations and we have to be a bit careful about whether really being of service is the cause of all these things but they do find things like people who spend more time serving others are healthier and happier they even seem to live longer and have a greater sense of satisfaction and purpose in their lives and these are all sorts of things that they find both in people who spend a lot of time volunteering people who are members of intentional communities like congregations and so it does seem to be very good for you to be part of a community which has an ethic of service embedded in it and if we go and think through like the sorts of things which would be happening if you are part of a community where you're of service one you're already with people that you trust you know you're giving so so that means that like the cortisol level is down uh, in your body that goes and means you'll spend more time in your uh, you know, in sort of uh, better sort of states of being. And we know that that causes lots of stresses. 
you know, that goes in, uh, which can be connected to mental health and which can be connected to sort of physical things. So actually sort of, you know, once you go and think through it, you can go and see how it tracks out that that would be the case. And so, yeah, but and that's where obviously one of the reasons we're sp breaking down how you can go and find the different functions that a congregation provides in your own life. James and I are really aware that there isn't a Sunday assembly. There's not an ethical society. There's not a sort of secular Unitarian church, probably near you. You know, those are there. There's just not many of them. And so that's one of the reasons yeah, we wanted sadly. to break, break it down into the functions so that you can go and think about how you can go and find it in other places, how you might go and look at, oh, I'm a part of a rugby club. What if we go and bring this sort of lens to what we're doing? How can we increase the service? How can we look at, uh, you know, providing the match tees, whatever it might be, is really of service. And, and I guess, but the part where the congregational community model is so strong is that, like in these congregations, you're sort of doing your service to other people, but you're doing it with your community and it's part of your personal growth and you see it as a way that you're changing, they're going to change the world. And so instead of having to sort of like break up and, you know, there's a cost to being part of all these different organizations. There's a cost yeah. of having to look at six notice boards instead of one. That that's like one of the reasons why it's such an amazing institution is that it, uh, and I feel bad saying this, it vertically integrates it uh, so that, right, you know, you it can- puts everything in one place, right. That is a way which is so much easier to explain. It puts everything in one place. But it's, and it also helps people learn the skills they need both to be of service and to allow others to be of service. Because mm -hmm. something I see repeatedly, which is a barrier for people serving others, is firstly that they think they can't, right? A lot of mm. people would like to be more of service to their community, but they don't believe they have a required skill or enough time, or there's, they don't know their own strength and resources. And when you have a community setting in which you can integrate yourself, there are other people there who can show you, actually, this is how you do it. It's not as difficult as you think. It's not as scary as you think. Often we have programs which people are scared to do for the first time and they need some help with it. So that's one of the great benefits of a community like that. But it's also that on the other side, in a lot of areas where there's established groups of people being of service to a particular population, sometimes those people don't really want to give up like they don't, they're not that welcoming to new people. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be aware, firstly, if you're listening to this, you have something of value that your community wants. Everyone does. You don't need specialist skills or huge amounts of time to be of service. Small things can make a big difference. Even just being the person who your friend can talk to because they're going through a difficult time is an act of service that anyone can do. And secondly, you, you might, if you're in a position where you like run a group or you're part of a group of people who serve others, be open to other people wanting to join. Don't kind of hog it all to yourself because mm. that's something I see quite often as well. Yeah, and so there are some dark sides to being of service. One is that people who are serving others sometimes can see themselves as being better than others. 
And yes. I think that that can be when it becomes paternalistic. There's a book which I really like, uh, I think, The Church is a Party by Tony Campolo. And uh, and so then he's got, and he says that the church is made up of people who uh, want to throw parties and people who want uh, need to have parties thrown for them. And actually through Sunday Assembly, I realized that sometimes you like are able to throw a party and sometimes you need a party thrown for you. And if you don't realize that you need, if you don't realize that you need to grow, then maybe you need to grow in self-awareness because, uh, yeah, like it's important to remember that, you know, you're not sort of better than people that you look after as well. And I'd say the other, uh, another shadow element of it is if you are part of a community where people are serving too much. And that can then become an issue. And that can, I think, be in a lot of the new, I, I hear it from a lot of new communities, which maybe don't have the structures of, and, and certainly I've seen it a lot in Sunday Assembly, like we don't have the structures of the ethical society where you've got more resources, you've got more support, like in your individual location, that might sound crazy, James, but you- Well, right, you, you are right. I was thinking of the song by the, the notorious B.I.G. Mo Money, Mo Problems. Because <laughs> more resources that do come along with more restrictions as well. But you're right. Yeah, we have structures in place that can be quite helpful. But sorry, you were, you were saying. The, uh, before you started to complain that having you had too much money, uh, the, <laughs> is that, uh, in fact, you can, get, you can find yourself in a place where you decide to be of service and there aren't the you know you just have to give and give and there's not enough of there's not enough resources in the institutional body which mean that you're actually taking care of yourself and i'd say that is the other sort of shadow side of it as well i think that's right you have to avoid paternalism on the one hand and kind of martyrdom on the other right you don't you don't want to give yourself up for other people because that actually i think an ethic of service a healthy ethic of service is based on the idea that you are a person of worth and you have something of value to offer other people because other people are also people of worth but if you give all of yourself to other people you deny your own worth and that that equation goes wrong and i think that it's important to recognize that you know, you are a person of value as well. You don't have to give yourself up entirely for others. And then on the other side about paternalism, it made me think of, we literally just gave our annual Ethics in Action Award out this past weekend at the Ethical Society to a guy who has worked all his professional life for homeless people and particularly homeless people with mental illnesses. And one of the phrases he used during his acceptance speech was, I'm so much better than them. Yes, I'm, I'm a much better, more ethical, more together person than these useless individuals who I've given up my life to serve. That's he touching speech. I <laughs> don't say anything like that. What he said was that they, in contrast to many of the government agencies he had worked with, instead of deciding beforehand what other people needed and then trying to force them to take it, they always worked in concert with homeless people themselves using the principle, nothing about us without us, right? They yes. always had people who experienced homelessness and mental illness working with them to develop what the program was. And it's become the gold standard all over the world in 
helping that particularly marginalized community and that i think teaches us something about serving others which is that it's not you deciding what other people need it's it's you figuring out what you have and working with other people as equals to find out how you can actually help in a way that they know they need what a wonderful uh, way to end it, James. Uh, and so, yeah, thanks very much for listening to this is number four of our Lifefulness mini series. Uh, having done this, it now means that we can then get five and six out. And so uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, go to lifefulness.io. Uh, well, the current one that we've got at the moment is uh, www.lifefulness.io forward slash lifefulness hyphen 101, lifefulness 101, because there is a new uh, course that we are starting in January. And so please go and check it out. Uh, yeah, it's going to be so cool. Like, uh, you know, send to people that you don't like, whatever you want to do. Uh, if you Smash don't, that like button. That's it. Subscribe. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to that. Uh, yeah, just uh, wrapping up here. I uh, want to say thanks to James for his conversation. Hey, thanks to you as well for listening to this. Uh, the I feel that I should add more to it, but like, yeah, sometimes these can just be so short. Uh, then uh, big up our producer, Mavs Shetty, for making everything sound so good. Will Andrews for the artwork and the brilliant Roman Rapak and Miro Shot for the music that you're listening to right now.